tonight. Videos of leftist violence they won't show you on the CBC. It's October 9th, and you're watching The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. You come here once a year with a sign, and you feel morally superior. The only thing I have to say to the government for why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Did you see this video the other day of absolutely mad Democrat activists in Washington, D.C.? They were literally clawing at the doors of the Supreme Court of the United States, like, I don't know, like, like wild animals, like zombies, I don't know, like maybe just like babies having a tantrum. You tell me. some time guys uh, those doors are made of bronze they weigh 13 tons they were meticulously sculpted by master craftsmen they contain images showing justice going back all the way to the Magna Carta and before that to Roman times and even before that to Greek mythology if you are bored and have time on the internet the Supreme Court of the United States has a beautiful website explaining the significance of those doors the two sculptors who made it said it was the most important thing they had ever worked on in their entire lives. It was the only thing they asked to sign. Yeah, I'm guessing that crazy mob didn't care. I don't think they were looking what was on the bronze doors. They, they really were wild, like unrestrained children or cats or something. But it was fitting that they would attack the Supreme Court building itself. Because they don't really believe in the rule of law or law and order, do they? And they can hate the Republican Party, that's fine. And they can believe the slanders against the new Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, that's fine. But they can't dispute that it was a lawful process that put him in that seat, just like the leftist street teams in Ontario had a similar tantrum at the provincial legislature a few weeks ago when Premier Doug Ford was using Section 33 of the Charter of Rights to override a rogue court ruling. Remember this. Me mad, baby. What the hell? Is, those are grown-ups. Again, you can hate Doug Ford. You can disagree with him. The issue at hand was Ford's plan to cut the number of aldermen in Toronto down from 47 to 25. Okay, you can be mad about that, but you cannot dispute that he is lawfully the premier. He lawfully passed, passed legislation, and what he did is legal and legitimate, even if it's contentious. But those protesters stomping their feet on the walls. In America, but increasingly in Canada, they have broken away from that social contract by which we all agree to live by the rules. They seek to rule the levers of power, the court, the legislature. So they'll take those powers if they can win them in a democratic election. But if they cannot, then they refuse to abide by those same institutions that they sought if they are wielded by their ideological opponents. It is so fitting that they literally punch and kick at a court itself at a legislature itself, because these are not Democrats, they are not liberals, despite their names, I'm sorry, but what do you call that other than fascists? 
It's a form of psychological manipulation too, these shouts, these threats, and it can work on the timid. I mean, would you like to have been on the receiving end of what you saw there? Here's a wobbly U.S. Republican senator named Jeff Flake from Arizona who was targeted by a George Soros activist. They, they later told the media who they were and that they were paid to target weak Republicans with so-called viral moments. Look at this. This is not tolerable. You have children in your family. Think about them. I have two children. I cannot imagine that for the next 50 years, they will have to have someone in the Supreme Court who has been accused of violating a young girl. What are you doing, sir? That went on for quite some time. Trapping someone in an elevator at their place of work and screaming at them and not letting the elevator door close not letting them out and filming it, that's not quite violence. And I'm not sure I'd even call it false imprisonment. I think he probably could have pushed his way out, but it's a signal to the world, to your fellow lefties, about what is now normal and how to treat the establishment now that you don't run it with Barack Obama. I mean, imagine if these weren't Democrats shouting at Trump. Imagine if these were Republicans shouting about something Obama had done, getting in people's faces, screaming, threatening, physically attacking. They'd be called far-right, alt-right, fascist. There would be talk about a coup, about violence. I haven't seen a single mainstream media outlet refer to these protesters as far-left or even violent. Have you? And so the lesson is taught. If you're a leftist, you do whatever it takes by any means necessary. It happens in Canada now, too, because we all follow the same American media, and Canadian leftists are wannabe American leftists, of course. Just last week, this guy, Jordan Hunt, kicked a woman on the street. Antifa style. Except Antifa being cowards, they usually wear a handkerchief over their faces to conceal their identity. They have a tactic. They call it the black block, where they all dress in black. The idea of making it hard to identify any single one of them in court. But this guy, Jordan Hunt, he's stupider than your average Antifa. He kicked a girl on camera in high def. What? They actually have people filming you the whole time. Cool. Which is kill with kindness. Guess what? Hey. Destruction of private me. property. If somebody gets raped by somebody and they're like, I'm a 16-year-old and I can't have this baby. Think you should keep it? It's a baby. Yeah. If someone was raped and she gave birth and she decided to kill her three-year-old child. Oh, I okay. meant to get your phone. Yeah, that has not yet aired on CBC television, but it's incredible. By the way, he's turned himself into police. Apparently, that's not the first time he's assaulted a uh, conservative woman on the street. My point is the violence is spreading, but I promise you new videos today, and here they are. They're from Portland, Oregon. Now, I want to tell you, Portland is a wonderful city in so many ways. It is friendly. It is comfortable. It is wealthy. It is healthy. And it is extremely liberal. And for America, it's extremely white. It's one of the whitest cities of its size. And I, I'm going to get to why I mentioned that in a moment. Normally, I'd say that's irrelevant. But here's the official U.S. Census demographics um, from just last year. Uh, the city is 77% white, 7% uh, Asian, and African-Americans are just 5.7% of the population. For comparison, Calgary, Alberta is 36% visible minority. But Portland is achingly woke. They're super liberal. There's a whole TV series called Portlandia about this strange city. So white bread, but so desperate to be edgy and liberal. It is a hilarious series. You really 
should see it. I wouldn't call it conservative. It, it mocks liberals. I think it's the only thing on TV that does. You've got to see it. It's got great little sketches about lesbian bookstores and vegan coffee shops and organic food. And there's this great scene about these two annoying liberals who go to a restaurant and ask if the chicken is organic. It's really funny. It's a rarity. Would you agree with me? It's rare in Hollywood to see the left mocked here. Just watch this for one minute, okay? Let me indulge myself. One minute. If you have any questions about the menu, please let me know. I guess I do have a question about the chicken. If you could just tell us a little bit more about it. Uh, the chicken is a heritage breed, uh, woodland-raised chicken that's been fed a diet of sheep's milk, soy, and hazelnuts. Okay, this is, this is local? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to ask you just one more time, and it's local. It is. Is that USDA organic or Oregon organic or Portland organic? It's just all across the board organic. The hazelnuts, these are local. Uh, How big is the area where the chickens are able to roam free? I'm sorry to interrupt. I have exactly the same question. Four acres. Mm -hmm. Give me just a second. I'll be right back, okay? Okay. okay. They actually get up before they order it and go to visit the farm where the chicken was raised. It's very funny. I just want to show you one more clip, okay? Because, of course, the flip side of virtue signaling about the chicken you're ordering, the flip side to all that is that you're doing it because you're trying to hold yourself out as superior to those who don't check on uh, the background of the chicken. I mean, that's the whole point of being vegan, right? Of buying a Prius, right? Of putting a solar panel on your roof, right? It's to show other people that you're doing something that makes you better than them. So look at this great little sketch with a recurring character from Portlandia. I'll get to the real videos in a second, but you gotta watch the show. This is a recurring character, the aggressive cyclist. See, that's virtue cycling, but it's also about being obnoxious and morally superior to people who drive cars. Check this out, and I'm getting closer to my real story of the day, I promise, take a look. Hold up, I'm stopping. I'm stopped. That means I'm stopped. Pull your mirrors in. Go down, let go. Why? Watch out! Hey, bike lane! Bike lane! Bicycle rights! Go vegan! Move! 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 Gotta move over a little bit. A better place you can be. Move! Move! Go! Ow! Bicycle rights! Oh, uh, uh, that's perfect. Isn't that the truth? Look, there are some people who are vegetarian for health reasons or religious reasons, and that's fine. And there are some people who, who like to ride a bike. It's great exercise. It's fun. But politically, I think a lot of vegan bike riders, it's just about sneering at other people, regular people, which brings me back to Portland, the real city, not the TV show, because it's not all about organic, free-range chickens in the whitest big city in America. I've got nothing against white people, by the way. I think I'm white. Um, this is about screaming at other people. It's about showing that you love some things by showing that you hate other things. That's the new liberal way, wouldn't you say? The screamers at the Supreme Court, though, the screamers at our Ontario legislature. So let me show you some footage taken by Brandon Farley. His online biography on Twitter says, I shoot and edit video of disruptive events in downtown Portland, Oregon. That's a full-time job, apparently. It does sound odd. What is a disruptive event in lovely Portland? I mean, what, is the Whole Foods store out of kale or something and people are upset? No, no. That town's run by Antifa, and there was a Black Lives Matter group, which is actually almost majority white, I think, in Portland. 
I think the white kids are allowed to join Black Lives Matter because there's just not a lot of black kids in Portland. So look at this. These white Black Lives Matter types, they, they go out and they stop traffic right downtown and then they threaten people with violence and they either physically assault or threaten to assault people while the police just stand down and watch approvingly. Yeah, Portland, the Democrat town, really is run by that angry cyclist type, by, not the chicken rights activist type, the angry type. Take a look. This is from last week when the white colony of Black Lives Matter decided to block roads, and the police are fine with that. Just take a look. Now, caution, there's some profanity. Obviously, these being leftist protesters. Take a look. There's so much going on in there, isn't there? Besides the lawlessness, besides the disorder, the threats of violence, there's a big white guy who uses white as a swear, but he's so white, I think he's pink. But that's how liberals roll in Portland. And of course, he's eating a taco because he's totally woke that way. He's a real ally to Hispanics. And he shows it by eating a taco at a protest. He, I, I don't know, he sees someone from North Carolina and therefore says he must be a racist, which is weird again because North Carolina has four times the proportion of African Americans as Portland does. It takes audacity to be an alabaster white guy in an all-white city calling a North Carolinian a racist 
but not more audacity than blocking a public road, I guess. And did you see about halfway through, there was a policeman, you see that there? I think that's two motorcycles there. You see it says police, right? He was watching the whole thing. You could see it, he's just fine with it. You saw one of the drivers calling 911, presumably. Yeah, that's the problem, buddy. The police are already there. It's tough to tell, though. Outlaws run the town. Police just stand by. The guy finally drove away. Did you hear they threatened to beat the SHIT out of him? That's called assault or, or a threat. Near the end there, an SUV didn't stop enough uh, for these thugs, so they hit the vehicle. Now, apparently this was going on all day. The shouting, the ruckus. Imagine that happening outside your apartment. Well, an elderly lady in a wheelchair came down from the neighboring apartment to ask them, you know, to show a little bit of respect. Oh, did she make a mistake? Take a look at this. People aren't out here just making noise. That's not what they're doing. They're out here because three children lost their father. Three children lost their father because he was downtown doing things he should have been doing. Somebody started a gunfight. Are you Christian? That's what I'm representing. In peace, though. In peace. most favorite part was when the old lady rolled up with her cane, <laughs> which she probably shouldn't have done, but was about as terrifying as a little lamb, I'd say. I mean, a turtle could have outrun her, and these extremists started calling for the cops to come help them. There was that one black citizen in the green-white striped shirt who was telling the rest of them to stop shouting at the old lady. They told him to shut up. It's just pretty weird to me to see young white liberals in the most privileged liberal city in America desperately seeking some sort of racial credentials by bullying an elderly white lady in a wheelchair and saying they're with Black Lives Matter when they're white. And I'm sorry, I, I can't help but mention it. 
You probably saw that this protest blocked a bike path, that green thing. But of course, in the wokeness Olympics, Antifa-style protest trumps cyclists any day. All right, here's another clip. Just blocking an entire intersection. And the theme is F-U-C-K, the police. That's their song. That's their chant. And it's so weird that this is being sung in the main by rich, white, liberal trust fund kids who just love to pretend to sing rap or something. Take a look. Let me show you one last clip. And again, these are all filmed by Brandon Farley, who published them to Twitter. Now, take a look at this. So they attacked the car. They hit it. They chased it. They smashed it with what looked like a metal rod. That's a weapon you would bring specifically to do violence. It's not something that that guy just had on hand. It was a weapon. Smashed the car, chased it. An old man or senior citizen got out, I think. I'm not quite sure what went on. It was a bit of a blur. I'm surprised that he wasn't mobbed and beaten at the end there. But the car was attacked. The window was smashed. Here's another angle of it. You can see that a masked Antifa thug was pushing back against the front of the car, trying to get to the, dri the driver to stop while the car was being swarmed. Take a look from the other end. Many thugs, many wearing masks, weapons, shouting, police don't care. Would you have stopped if you were the driver or would you have driven on? I don't know why this guy stopped once he got away from them. What would you have done? Really, really, you're in your car and masked men try and stop you. I guess you could call the police, but they were already there and just standing around, remember. The irony, of course, is the people who were chanting, F-U-C-K, the police who were breaking the laws in defiance of the police who were smashing cars were shouting, get his license! As if they then would plan to go to the police station and lay a complaint with the same police to enforce the law against the man who had the temerity to drive through their roadblock. 
their lawless roadblock. That's what liberal America is like these days. This was taken just last week in Portland, Oregon, of all places, a democratic city in a democratic state, the least racist state by many measures. I mean, it has no history of slavery, no history of John Jim Crow laws, excuse me. In fact, the police chief of Portland is an African-American woman with the ironic name of Danielle Outlaw. That really is her name. She's so woke, she won't even have her police help Donald Trump's immigration and customs enforcement officers comply with deportations. Even if the cops are in danger, let me say that again. If ICE agents, that's the immigration police in the States, if ICE agents call 911 in Portland, Chief Outlaw, that's really her name, says her officers won't respond unless it's truly a life or death situation for the ICE officers. So really, not too many degrees removed from those thugs on the street themselves. You can see why all the beat cops just sit in their cars and motorcycles and gawk at the violence. So the chief's pretty much telling them to do. That's the new normal in Democrat America. I tell you all this because this isn't some gangland in East LA. This isn't the roughest part of Chicago. This is rich, liberal Portland, woke, progressive, bicycling, vegetarian Portland. These folks are insane. The fat white guy screaming in the first clip that someone else is white, what? The professional activist shouting F the police and then saying they're going to call the police because a car sped away from their illegal blockade. This is America, or at least half of America, or at least part of that half. Now, this did not happen in, oh, say, Dallas, Texas. Because you try to stop a car on the street and make a threat in Texas or other states with a strong firearms culture, you're going to get shot. But the disarmed, compliant liberals of Portland comply with any bully and chief outlaw. <laughs> really, her name, well, she's fine with it. I, I don't think most Americans are, though. I, I think whether it's screaming and clawing at the doors of the Supreme Court or screaming at a senator in an elevator or screaming at a driver on the street for the crime of his race, I think the other half, the normal half of America is disturbed by this. I think it's un-American. I think it's even disturbing for many Democrats, certainly for many independents and surely for all Republicans. The same extremism has infected Canada too, the same violence, and regrettably the politicization of police. I think it's gonna cause a voter backlash. We forget how hard it is to build up the rule of law, a culture of mutual respect and politeness, a, a custom of self-control, a police department with a light touch because we all behave ourselves on our own as citizens. That culture actually took centuries to build, I'd say a thousand years. And it was based on building blocks of civil rights and democracy and nonpartisan policing and impartial courts and a high trust society. You can't just will that into existence. Look at the failed nation building exercises in Afghanistan and Iraq, if you don't, you can't just say presto, a liberal democracy. It's the most valuable thing about America and Canada and the United Kingdom and Australia and New Zealand and a handful of other Western European countries. We take it for granted because we were born into it. It took centuries to build the way we live. But I think it can be destroyed in mere years. Leftists want to destroy it. They have tried for decades, maybe even a couple of centuries. They want to tear it down 
and regress. I don't. How about you? Stay with us for more. Well, over the weekend, there was a conference held by the Islamic Circle of North America, also called ICNA. You might remember their name. They were involved with the case of the woman wearing the full face obscuring niqab, demanding to keep her niqab on in a court. That's how far out they are. And they brought in speakers that were equally far out, including Linda Sarsour, the hijabi Democrat activist from the Women's March, who once said that Ayan Hirsi Ali, the progressive Muslims should have her vagina removed. That's not a thing to say in a culture that has female genital mutilation. And along with her was Siraj Wahaj, an unindicted co-conspirator in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, whose son was uh, the ruler of the compound in New Mexico that allegedly was having a school for schooling shooters, teaching their own kids, allegedly, how to shoot up schools. That was the crowd that was gathering in Toronto, and that's all fine by Canadian immigration and the Canadian media that ignored it. The mainstream media ignored it, but of course not our own David Menzies who went down there, and he's here to report back. Great to see you again, David. Fantastic. Did I properly uh, describe who was in town for the Islamic Circle Conference? You sure did, and I love how you alluded to um, Linda Sarsour making that odious remark about Hersey Ali's vagina being removed. Hersey Ali, in case our audience doesn't know this, Ezra, was a victim of female genital mutilation. So what are we to read into this? How do we connect those dots that Linda Sarsour, who promotes herself as a feminist, is okay with female genital mutilation? She, we know she's okay with Sharia law. She's the biggest proponent of Sharia law in the US, and Sharia law looks upon a female as um, what two thirds of a male? It's it's not as you know an, an equal. So what kind of mixed messages are these, Ezra? That some of the things feminists should be speaking out against diligently, she's all happy to embrace them. Yeah, and our male feminist prime minister Justin Trudeau, who is very very woke and telling the world just how feminist he is, but he shuts up when it comes to Islamic misogyny. Yeah. Um, now. You knew that Linda Sarsour was coming, and you had a petition, and we bought the website lindasarsour.ca, and we've signed up thousands of petition signers. You also rented a Jumbotron truck to go down to the convention. We've got a couple of clips of that I want to show our people. Right. But tell me first, um, what, uh, oh, there it is on the screen right now, what a gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous truck. Love it's it. so <laughs> big and, and bright. Share the facts and sign the petition, lindasarsour.ca. So that, that's her. She has a very distinctive look. She's always shouting and wearing the hijab. So you went out there to the convention with the truck. There's a couple of clips I want to show, but tell me first, how were you received? Well, it's funny, Ezra. The name of this uh, convention was Carry the Light. 
However, it seemed that the people running Carry the Light didn't want any light being shed on Carry the Light. So we were doing streeters, and it was very cordial. It's just interviewing people on the streets. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, you know, sadly, I have to admit, like one of my first questions was, you know, after what brings you out here, uh, what are your thoughts on Sharia law, which is what Linda Sersur stands for? Is it compatible with Canadian law? I'm sad to report that not a single person said, oh, no, no, no. Uh, that's not for us here in Canada. We subscribe to one law, one constitution, that is the Canadian one. Everyone had this like wiggle room or, well, you know, I, I have to read into it or or maybe there's a way to put some Sharia in. I found that personally disturbing. I yeah. would have liked to have seen someone patriotically denounce that kind of law. And then the organizers came out and they started interfering with our interviews, claiming we were harassing people. That was absolutely not the case, as you can go through all the footage. Mm -hmm. Anyone that didn't want to speak, I said, okay, thanks for your time. Mm -hmm. And we were um, basically booted out to the parking lot instead of the conference center uh, entrance. And uh, someone from the International Center, she said, you can't come near the uh, conference uh, entrance, but you can stay in the parking lot. Well, I can tell you, as soon as we started interviewing people in the parking lot, that rule changed. We were booted right off the parking lot as well, which is the right of the International Center. Is I mean, it private property? It is private property, and uh -huh. ICNA is the client, and, and we, we complied. But I just thought, Ezra, the, the, the profound perverse irony here yeah. of a conference called Carry the Light, mm -hmm but they don't want any light shed on yeah. what... So I have to ask myself, what was going on in there, especially if any of these speeches were done in Arabic? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, that's what well, I'm wondering even about. Even in English, I don't think uh, the mainstream media in Canada would report it. At best, they're quiet on Linda Sarsour. I have never seen a Canadian media outlet denounce her. I'd, I'd have to check before saying so with certainty, but I, uh, I would bet the CBC has interviewed her positively and fawningly. I, I, just going from hunch, I'd have to check that. I think that's a good bet, yeah. Ezra. And, and uh, I didn't see any media there. And when I did the Google News as early as this morning, I didn't see any Canadian coverage. Yeah. So if, if it was an alt-right white racist from the states coming up, it would have been wall-to-wall -wall news coverage. But when it's an alt-left Islamic supremacist who wants Sharia law, crickets from the Canadian media. Absolutely. And we saw that in Toronto where we had these, you know, five jokers from Calgary last month. They were going to come into Nathan Phillips Square and there was a media shite storm. Uh, mayor Tory weighed in. I should tell you, I reached out before the conference to the mayor of Toronto, John Tory, mm -hmm. uh, Mayor Bonnie Crombie of Mississauga, because technically mm -hmm. that's where the International Centre is located, mm -hmm. Mississauga, uh, to the MP and the MPP for that region. Only one person got back to me. It was Mayor Tory uh, through his spokesman. Mm -hmm. And it was this very, very generic statement. You know, mm -hmm. the mayor condemns all form of hate speech. I mean, it was nothing specific like what he was saying about, you know, what was supposedly going to happen on Nathan Phillips Square last month. Huh. Um, now, you've got a couple of clips. This is when you were down there with the Jumbotron truck. Let's take a look at them, and then you can give me your explanation after this. Got it. You are doing anyway. Sharia law. What, what, what is the Sharia law? Maybe many people don't know what Sharia law is. Sir, your, your star speaker, Linda Sarsour, is the biggest proponent of Sharia law in the United States. So, yeah. what's the big deal about it? Who, who, what's the big deal? Yeah. Well, who cares about the Sharia law? 
We are not here for Sharia law. We are we are here to live as a Canadian citizen, yeah. with uh, with law-abiding citizen. We want to live in a pluralistic society where we can coexist with each other. We have nothing to do with Sharia law. But you are just unnecessarily asking an irrelevant question, which is we have nothing to do with this. But this is what your star speaker is propo uh, propo uh, proposing, and I'm just curious if you, you please leave is Sharia law please compatible leave. with Canadian please law. This, please, please leave. This. Is Sharia law compatible please with Canadian law? This place, please leave this place. Please leave this place. How dare you ask <laughs> such an impertinent question? Who was now? Was that just a conference goer, or was that one of the organizers? I, he wouldn't uh, give me his name, Ezra, but I'm absolutely sure that he was part of uh, ICNA, uh, yeah. the Islamic Circle of North America, and he wanted us out of there. Well, we know for a fact that they do believe in the precepts of, of Sharia law, so yeah. I think he was engaging in what's called taqiyah, which is a kind of deception. We've got one more clip. Let's take a look. Okay. You guys, Islamophobes, you are here. What, 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 so sorry, wait a minute. That's a serious. No, no, wait a second. That's a serious accusation. We're Islamophobes. What makes us Islamophobic? You know, from your website. Okay. Can you cite an example? Example is you guys. The way you are asking question. Sharia law has nothing to do with our convention. Sharia law has nothing to do with the Muslim community over here. But you are asking a irrelevant question, which people are surprised to answer. What kind of Question I'm going to answer going to give. But sir, you have proponents of Sharia law so as your speakers. Leave, please please leave okay. this, please leave this place as soon as possible. Got it. So the he called you an Islamophobe and you very uh, perceptibly said, Well, what exactly is Islamophobia? You pressed him on that. And he said, Well, you're asking questions. <laughs> you're asking questions about Sharia law. Isn't that so obviously true? These days Anyone who dares ask questions about Sharia, anyone who dares ask any questions about Islam, who even wants to discuss it, is called an Islamophobe, and he wasn't even pretending. No, and, and Ezra, here's the thing. Their star speaker is Linda Sarsour. She yeah. is on the record. I urge our viewers to go out and look at her past tweets. She supports Sharia law. She mm -hmm. thinks it's fantastic. It, why is it that me asking a question of him, do you support Sharia law, given that your star speaker yeah. is a big advocate of Sharia law? How is that Islamophobic by yeah. any benchmark? Yeah, well, because uh, you know your place, you're supposed to shut up, infidel. <laughs> um, I saw the Jumbotron truck. I think it looks great. Yes. Uh, do you get lots of reaction just driving that thing around? Well, you know, uh, as I said off camera earlier, the, the, there was a, a big egg smear on it. And I, I said to the truck driver, I said, oh, my goodness. Well, what, what happened? Who, who took exception to that? He said, no, that was from last night. I was running a, a Lotto Max ad, you know, so someone didn't win the lottery. Yeah. But, yeah, the, uh, the driver did say that he was getting all kinds of people, uh, you know, coming up to him you know, for a closer look. And of course, here it is, as you can see, it's on Airport Road right now because right. we were, the truck was kicked off the parking lot too, right. which is the right, right of the International right. Center. Right. But it really pops. And what we're doing, these are, you know, the, the, the quotations you see when we're running them, Ezra, um, those are right out of Linda Sarsour's mouth. So I don't think we saw, saw that. Uh, I mean, the Jumbotron truck goes through different images. Right. We had actual quotes from her. That's very powerful stuff. And they're quite odious. Yeah. Um, so thanks for doing the truck. I, Pleasure. I, I, I think that truck was about $1,500 or something like that. I think $1,600 plus some gas money. $1,600 and gas and HST. So let's call it $2,000. Yeah. 
We'd be grateful if our viewers could help chip in at lindasarstour.ca. Yep. You also have a petition that you're going to deliver. Is it to the Islamic Circle of North America? Correct. Uh, they're based in Mississauga as well. I will deliver that petition right to their door. We'll I have think a they're going to ignore it, but I think that you should give it to them anyways. I think they're going to shred it. They're going to call it Islamophobic. <laughs> but I think you should deliver it to them anyways to let them know that they are out of step with mainstream Canadian society because... Justin Trudeau won't let them know that. The media party won't let them know that. I think it falls to us and our petition signers to let them know that what they're doing is not Canadian. Well, you know, sometimes doing these gigs, Ezra, I got to admit, I, I feel like the skunk to the garden party. <laughs> but the stench is coming from that organization. Yeah. When they're putting up Linda Sarsour, and of course her mentor, as you said, Mr. Wahaj, yeah. who was the unindicted co-conspirator of yeah. the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, yeah. which he denies. We should put that out there. But that's her mentor? Yeah. I mean, uh, come on. Wh why would you even book them? And also, Ezra, I, I just want to say one thing to our audience. We have been told, right, that even a Canadian who doesn't use cannabis, but maybe, but has a, um, cannabis in a stock portfolio, mm -hmm. you might be blocked from entering, from crossing the border, right? right? And yet, here are these people, and I'm not asking for yeah. somebody to be banned or, yeah. or, 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 you know, not allowed to cross the border. Here are these people with these kind of, you know, so-called hate speech ideas mm -hmm. that I think if being uttered by somebody on the alt-right, a white supremacist, there's no way they're getting into yeah. Canada. Yeah. But Come on down, nothing yeah. to see here. Yeah, there was no Antifa, there was no anti-hate groups, there was oh, no, no hate speech police, there was no human rights types. It, it's very clear that there are some sorts of hatred that's allowed in Canada, yep. and the hatred of Linda Sarsour is just fine yep. by the establishment. I'm glad you're there to speak truth to power, David. Thank you so much, All Ezra. Right. Folks, uh, you can see David's full report from his attendance at the ICNA the Islamic Circle of North America conference. Obviously, uh, lots of what you'll see is them kicking him out, but it's instructive nonetheless. If you haven't signed our petition yet, go to lindasarsour.ca. And if you like that Jumbotron truck, um, I, I signed the invoice for it the other day. I don't remember exactly how much it cost, but David reminds me, with gas, it's almost $2,000. If you think that Jumbotron truck was a good idea, feel free to chip in at lindasarsour.ca. Stay with us. More ahead on the bench. Welcome back on my interview yesterday with Frank Buckley. Ron writes, interesting what Buckley says aligns with what Stephen Harper says in his new book, Right Here, Right Now, Politics and Leadership in the Age of Disruption. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Ron, and I look forward to reading Stephen Harper's book. I haven't seen it yet. I've seen some little uh, video clips of him being interviewed in the States. Funny enough, I haven't seen interviews of him being interviewed in Canada yet. I wonder if the Canadian media would even give him a straight interview, even out of office for three years. I don't know. Sean writes, as a former leftist, it is great to hear the dawning of realization on the right that the working man or woman matters. Yeah, well, you know what? For me, the light started to go on as I observed the NDP in Canada replace the politics of hard hat guys with the politics of campus activists. And I saw this as a young man or maybe even a teenager in Alberta where it's full of hard hat guys, truckers, pipe fitters, pipeline builders, oil rig hands. And I don't know, I suppose a generation or two ago, they would be New Democrats. That's where the New Democrats came from. It was a combination of farmers and factory workers. 
I don't think the left likes factory workers anymore. Um, certainly not any work outside or work in heavy industries or ex extraction industries. They like, you know, Facebook data farms maybe. But um, yeah, I think that the NDP is no longer the workers' party and their last few leaders prove it. Dan writes, I gotta say I love the rebel, as well as an alternative news source of truth. The comment section has always held a wealth of information. I can't imagine life without the rebel. It'd be like the power going off and living in the dark. Well, Dan, that is extremely friendly, and you make me slightly nervous that you put such a reliance on our comments, but vive la vox populi. I, I, uh, you know, I suppose I, I look at some of the comments. We have thousands of comments, and then on YouTube we have tens of thousands of comments, so I can't read them all. I do like to read my mail. Um, and you are correct. Here's the thing about comments in the age of the internet. There's a lot of junk comments, there's some spam comments, there's some goofy comments, there's a lot of comedy, which is why I like the comments. But what the miracle of the comments in the age of the internet is if you are being seen by a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, sometimes a million people. We've had a few videos reach a million views. Sheila Gunn reads video on uh, Russian feminists pouring bleach on men's crotches in the subway. That's over 1.2 million views in just the last 10 days. If you've got 1.2 million people watching a video, you're going to have someone who either knows the story firsthand or is a subject matter expert greater than you are. Example, uh, and I'm going back a few years now, but um, when George W. Bush was up for, was it 2000 or 2004? So the internet was still young. And Dan Rather in 60 Minutes did a hit on him, claiming they had written evidence that he tried to get out of some military service. I don't remember the details, but here was the detail that counts. They showed these, these documents on the screen, but someone in the millions of viewers said, hey, I'm an expert in typography. And the font used in this alleged letter did not exist at that time. That's a font, as in a typeface, an alphabet, a computer alphabet, that does not predate the internet, the computer era. It's, there, no typewriters had that font. No typewriters had that spacing. You know when you type something in a word processor, and it automatically has the right width. Like you don't have to do a double space after a period like you had to do on an old typewriter. Enough of the tangent. My point is millions of viewers and one of them, or maybe many, knew more about typefaces than 60 Minutes did, than Dan Rather did. And so some anonymous stranger citizen fact checker blew the whistle on Dan Rather in 60 Minutes and rebutted the so-called experts. Now it's true, for every savvy, mind-blowing commenter like that, there's a hundred, for every piece of wheat, there's a hundred pieces of chaff. It's true. But the great thing about having a lively online community is that someone who has a point or an argument or a fact, it sort of gets wafted to the top, doesn't it? it it's a comment that gets a lot of likes or a lot of repeats. I do look at the comments, and I even look at the critical comments, because you know what? Every once in a while, they make a good point, and you can't 
simply turn off the comments like CBC does or so many other mainstream media. That's a very long-winded reply to say, I like the comments too. Uh, mainly, I like them because I chuckle because the, the humor is really rough. But it's true. Every now and then, you learn more from the comments than from the actual show itself. All right, that's it for me. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, thanks for watching. Good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Thank you.